BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each individual. And for organizations, LHH provides consultative support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com today coming up uh, next hour we're going to uh run at least some of the uh, biden speech although i suspect it's actually a campaign speech not one of those uh state of the union style addresses so we'll see uh right now though we're gonna talk with michael schellenberger michael schellenberger uh wrote uh, a great book on homelessness here in california san francisco why progressives ruin cities he ran for governor against Newsom in the primary, and um, he's um, was involved in uh, many progressive caucus, uh, causes years ago, uh, and he realized over time just how crazy a lot of the uh, policies were towards homelessness and also how crazy a lot of energy policies are, not only here in California, but in Europe as well. And uh, I saw him quoted today in a, uh, a story about what... Uh, the European Union is going through because it looks like electricity prices are going to be eight times higher what they are in the U.S. Uh, later this year. And it surged uh, 25% just this week, the prices on the futures exchange. And, uh, you know, Germany has been doing the same nonsense and the European Union, the same nonsense is here, relying on unreliable solar and wind energy to the point where there's just nothing available. And they're being forced, as Gavin Newsom here has to restart uh, natural gas plants, keep the nuclear plant going. They're actually burning coal in Germany. So let's get Michael Schellenberger on to talk about all this. Michael, how are you? Hey, good. Good to be with you, John. 
Good to have you on again. The quote that jumped out at me, and you were talking specifically about Europe, but I imagine you're seeing the same thing in California. He says, these people are saying, let's do more unreliable energy. It's a sign of a disturbed person that keeps engaging in irrational activities that are obviously self-destructive, and we're seeing that behavior at a mass level. Uh, that's exactly the thought I had this week with all these flex alerts that are going on. And Newsom's speech yesterday about the shortages we're having. It's because they keep doing the same irrational thing every day. They have an irrational policy that can't possibly work right now. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, a great man once said that, uh, you know, madness is rare in individuals, but common in groups. And I think we're seeing that in California and in Europe. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, um, this you don't actually have to have a Ph.D. in electrical engineering to know that if you add a lot of unreliable energy to the electrical grid, you make the electrical grid less reliable. It actually works out just like you would imagine um, it, you add more reliable electricity to the grid, you make it more reliable. And so that's what we've been seeing here. It's like a religious cult, though, John. I mean, people are just, they think they're harmonizing with the natural world by by buying solar panels made by uh, incarcerated Uyghur Muslims from China, putting them on the roof, putting them in the deserts. It's a kind of, uh, you know, sun-based religion that we have here. But the problem is they can't keep the lights on. You know, I point out on August 24th, California's Air Resources Board announced that we were going to ban all sales of gasoline-powered cars in 2035. Well, six days later, California's grid operator said, "Hey, don't charge your electric cars tonight because we're going to have we're going to risk at risk of having shortages." I mean, you can't make it up. It's uh, We're woefully unprepared to move to electric cars. We can't even keep the grid running. Right. And and I, I, there doesn't seem to be a coherent plan for upgrading the grid to handle millions and millions of electric cars plugged in in the future. I mean, I've been looking all over the Internet, every publication I can find, and there's just not a whole lot going on towards building for the future. We only have 7,000 fast charging stations in the whole state and, and they need over well, a million. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we might need more than that. I mean, you know, look, there's, there's 29, 29.5 cars and light trucks in California, 29 million uh, cars and light trucks in California. So, you know, we've, we're having these troubles uh, with just about a half million to a million uh, electric vehicles, fuel cell vehicles, you know, how are we going to ramp this up? There is no plan. I mean, that's what's sort of striking by it is that these guys, they, they're they not interested. You know, if you point it out, they just say, you know, shut up, climate denier. <laughs> you know, they don't really want to hear it at all. You can tell you're on a religious crusade because it, this is uh, really an act of faith, it, this it, commitment to renewables. It, do, it does seem like some form of madness. Because, you know, if, if the wind and solar produced enough energy, if they had a way to store the wind and solar energy, if they had the electrical grid built up, if they had the charging stations built up, then, you know, we, you could talk rationally about it. But they don't have any of that happening, and yet they're, they're passing mandates and making proclamations. 
and you just sit there and stare. It's like, have I, did I have a stroke? I don't understand any of this. I mean, it, the, you know, the list of things going wrong just goes on and on. I mean, I'll give you another one. Just today, the California independent system operator, the grid operator, announced it was going to keep operating a 40-year-old power plant in Oakland that burns jet fuel for fuel. It's the, one of the dirtiest plants in California. It's called a peaker plant because they try to only run it when they really have to. But they announced in 2019, to great fanfare, of course, that they were going to replace it with batteries. Well, sure enough, they announced, say, oh, actually, we're not going to replace it at all. we got to keep it online, otherwise we're going to have electricity shortages. It, it runs on jet fuel? It runs on jet fuel. I mean, this is uh, – I mean, th- there's some very dirty power plants in California. There's ones that – you know, they've been shut, and of course, this is in the context of shutting down ones that run on natural gas, which next to nuclear are the best kind. So they're running plants that run on diesel. They're running plants that run on jet fuel. Uh, this is uh, considered an environmental injustice because it's in a poor, you know, working class, uh, mostly black and brown neighborhood of Oakland. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is um, these guys. Uh, they're they're really yeah it is a kind of collective madness it's kind of a religious crusade that's the way to understand it they're not they're not putting their best engineers in charge. Well, I heard Newsom's speech yesterday. We we ran it for about fifteen minutes, and he started talking about the Earth being angry, uh, Mother Nature being <laughs> angry, and it just reminded me of the ancient beliefs in angry gods, you know, that are hurling lightning yeah. bolts at us, and we have to sacrifice someone to appease them and calm them. And he's talking that we made nature angry, and they're coming; it's coming back at us with this heat wave. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's <laughs> boy. I mean, I tell you, you know, they just had a study that came out that found that if they expand wind turbines in the United States to the amount they want to expand them, it could kill half of all golden eagles. Well, so they're literally sacrificing bird and bat species to the gods of solar and wind. You know, it, when you turn this stuff into a religion, you know, rather than treating it like a science that it is, um, you end up with all sorts of bad outcomes. I mean, look, climate change is real, but it's not the end of the world. We know that you're going to get hotter. That means you need more reliable electricity so people can run the air conditioners when they need to. If you don't have cheap electricity, that's essential. People will not run their air conditions enough and they will die. I mean, it's just that simple. People die during heat waves. You know, people die when it's too cold. How so, cl- yeah, this is it's real dangerous. How close are we really to rolling blackouts? Is it, is it a real imminent danger, like at any minute? Oh, very or is- close. Really? Very close. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, what you want, I mean, if they're managing the grid right and they don't have enough electricity they will do rolling blackouts because if you have a full blackout, which is an uncontrolled blackout, it can be devastating. They can put the whole grid down for, for weeks or months. It would be catastrophic. You have all these blowouts and, um, you know, basically a collapse of the equipment, but no, they're very close. Otherwise they wouldn't be asking people to turn off, uh, to, to stop, to not charge their cars, you know, which is actually turns out requires a lot of electricity to charge your car. So no, we're very close, and, and I mean, the next that would be the next step would be rolling blackouts if do, people didn't. Do they see how how comical that is to uh, announce that we can't buy gas-powered cars at some future date? And by the way, don't plug in your electrical car right now. I mean, do they realize that? <laughs> I that don't makes know. If people... 
I don't know if the I don't know if the California if the California leaders appreciate it, but certainly the, my followers on Twitter did because after I tweeted it, I think it, about 10 million people ended up seeing it. After I pointed this out, <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I was just going to say, I mean, I think I will say today's a special day because you may know that uh, early this morning the the state legislature passed legislation to keep Diablo Canyon nuclear plant operating for another 10 years. It's a huge victory of ours. We're all very happy celebrating over here. I I mean, I was shocked. They had to do it. That's 8% of our energy supply, and they wanted to shut it down. Well, yeah. That would have created a total blackout. (laughs) Absolutely, it would have. I mean, they know that. I mean, and you got to remember, it was the governor himself who fought to shut it down starting as lieutenant governor in 2016. It was his big gift to the radical environmental groups. But the but math. He knew that. Yeah. The math. Yeah, the math doesn't work. Was the same in 2016 as it is now. You take 8% of the electric supply out of the system, you have a blackout. I well, mean, that's right. Well, I mean. I. <laughs> I'm, I'm just well, what I'm yeah, saying. I'm I mean, just baffled by this. If you what they were thinking, <laughs> they weren't thinking. You know, they weren't thinking. They're making decisions based on a kind of morality. You know, they sort of think, well, solar panels they think are good, and so the more solar panels do you do, the better the world will turn out. But it actually doesn't work that way because when people still use electricity when the sun's not shining and the wind's not blowing. I mean, that's a huge problem for us is that, you know, this is something people don't understand, that when the sun is setting in the late afternoon, uh, you know, that is that is the beginning of peak electricity usage. That is when people come home. 5 to 10 p.m. at night is peak electricity use. Well, that's the time of day when you're, you're losing all your solar, so you've got to ramp up all your natural gas power plants really fast all of a sudden. It creates a very chaotic system. You know, the idea with renewables was always this harmony, this picture of harmonizing with the national environment, but it's introduced chaos into how we produce electricity. That's why it makes it so expensive. You just need more machinery, more fuels, more people than you do if you, say, have a grid that's mostly just nuclear plants and hydroelectric dams. All right, hang on line. Can you hang on for a few more minutes? Yeah, happy to, John. Okay, because I want to talk about the Europe situation, too. That's where I, I saw you first today, uh, was your quote on that story. John and Ken Show, KFI, Michael Schellenberg's our guest on uh, the uh, energy crisis we're having in California. And we're in a flex alert again today. And we're talking to, with Michael, because you, you were quoted today in one piece in Fox Business uh, about the insanity that, that Europe is undertaking because they keep going for more solar more wind and yet they've got a massive energy shortage it looks like electricity prices might hit eight times what they are in the united states uh they've got the natural gas problems with russia what's going on what what decisions did they make leading up to this moment where now you've got a huge crisis and chaos well a big big one of them was not to do more nuclear i mean you have to remember that you know, in the 1950s and 60s, we did a lot of nuclear in the United States in part because we knew we needed to help Europe have a reliable source of energy other than coal, 
mostly for economic reasons. But we also knew back then that nuclear didn't produce any air pollution. So it was a much better alternative than coal for that reason. So, you know, the rest of you, we expected to take Europe from, you know, what it is now, whatever it is, about 30 percent of its electricity to something closer to 80 percent of its electricity from nuclear. Instead, there was a big backlash against nuclear. It, they decided they wanted to do a lot of renewables, which, as we've been discussing, require backup power, usually from natural gas, because you have to be able to ramp it up and down very quickly, depending on when the sun stops shining, the wind stops blowing. And so they became incredibly addicted to Russian natural gas. Well, as soon as the war started, Russia started cutting off Europe's natural gas supply. I have read that they had for a time a, a uh, the wind had died down in the North Sea, so the wind turbines weren't spinning around. Oh, for sure. I mean, you got to remember the first half of last year, Germany's carbon emissions increased by twenty five percent because the amount of wind it was generating declined by twenty five percent. Now, the number of wind turbines they had installed actually went up. But it turns out that wind is not reliable, and wind varies significantly between year to year. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Germany in particular, they convinced themselves that, that Putin was somebody they could trust. They looked into his eyes. He spoke German to them, spoke to their parliaments. Uh, they sort of – and there was a lot of historical guilt the Germans felt. But the, the basic the, – the punchline is just that, you know, they became dependent on Germany for its gas. You know, I'll tell you something else. Um, you know, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm now an independent, but I, I never voted for Trump. But I, I gained a lot of respect for him because he went to Ger he went to Germany in 2018. In fact, spoke in front of the United Nations and warned Germany specifically that they were becoming dangerously dependent on Russian natural gas. And you got to remember, this is happening at a time that every you know all the mainstream news media in the United States has convinced themselves that Russia, that uh, that Trump was a Russian foreign agent. And here he was, the guy that was actually warning Germany that it was becoming dangerously dependent on Putin for its energy supplies. I have read that Germany is now burning coal, and they're even burning uh, one of the dirtiest versions of coal called lignite. And, yeah, that's right. It's, I mean, they're, they're kind of in a panic well, situation. Yeah. It's it's really all worse than, than than anybody imagined. You know, they actually ended up being more dependent than people realize. Uh, but yeah, no, they've actually restarted a number of coal plants. And you are correct; they're burning this coal. It's called lignite. It's sometimes called brown coal. It's some something really in between coal and peat. It's it's terrible. It's very wet. And it burns really smoky and has very low efficiency. It's not the same as the anthracite coal that we have in the United States, which is, can be much higher qualities. So, yeah, I mean, the Germans, the Germans themselves are now considering keeping online the last three nuclear plants that they had intended to shut down. But they, they were going to shut down their own. three nuclear plants? Yeah. I, yeah. See, this I don't understand. Nuclear is 100% clean when it comes to greenhouse gases i mean there's zero greenhouse gases you would think they'd be in love with nuclear reactors yeah you would i mean here too i think that understanding this as a religion is helpful 
You know, that nuclear became a kind of devil so that the Germans, they say that climate change is their highest priority, but actually the highest priority was, was this religion of returning to nature and in the German mentality. And I think probably in the California mentality too, coal is closer to nature than nuclear. Nuclear is sort of viewed as demonic, as uh, <laughs> otherworldly force. It's, it has to be understood as a superstitious I know I agree with you. No, we were point. talking a lot about that yesterday is that it seems that you know, I grew up in in as a Catholic as a little kid and it was all about you come into this world being a sinner and you have to repent and you have to confess your sins and you have to be absolved. And I was listening to Newsom's speech yesterday what I could make out of it. You know, cuz it's filled with all that techno babble. But he was talking as if, you know, we angered Mother Nature and we have to atone. And, and you know, we have to correct our sins and, and, and start well, using, you know, right. wind and solar and, and electric cars so we don't anger the gods anymore. I was really struck the, by the parallels of what I remember as a kid and what you're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's peculiar to the West. You know, I think that, you know, people, as they stopped believing in God, as they moved away from traditional Judeo-Christianity, they created a substitute religion. They needed something else to feel guilty about. And so people feel guilty about our relationship to Mother Nature. They're looking to repent. They're looking to make sacrifices. Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's common in the United States and in Europe, but it's actually not the case in Japan and South Korea. I just think it has a lot to do with uh, making up a substitute kind of religion. Quickly, uh, because I got to do the news and I'm behind. Do you do you see this changing anytime soon? Is there going to be some kind of shakeout because people are going to wake up and realize we're headed down a bad road here? Well, the crisis is going to get much worse. Much, much worse before it gets better. It'll get much worse in Europe. It's going to last for years. This is not a temporary thing. It's going to be bad in the United States, too. I think we're going to see significant problems. Unemployment, we're going to see social unrest. We're going to see massive political change around the world. We're going to see hunger because of fertilizer shortages caused by the energy crisis. That's going to help in terms of snapping people out of this religious fervor that they, we've been in for the last three decades, but I don't think it's going to change the desire that people have to believe in a kind of new secular religion. That's that We're stuck with that, and I think we just we just need for reality to bite a bit harder. All right. I've got to do the news. Thank you for coming on, Michael Schellenberger. It's great talking with you Thanks, again. Thanks, John. Yes. Well, Michael Schellenberger was just talking about uh, very similar thoughts. I think as people... Uh, drifted away from uh, the traditional religions that many of us grew up with, it got replaced by this uh, almost like a pagan religion, religion, worshiping of the planet, worshiping of the gods, the gods of weather. Uh, and, and, and so now people have a religious-like intensity uh, on, on, on this climate change belief, and they're making wildly rational decisions. And... Uh, I don't know when this breaks, but um, he's right. It's going to get worse. You you cannot keep 
depending on unreliable wind and solar and not have a plan to use natural gas and nuclear and anything else that works practically. It's, uh, it's, it's almost like we're going in reverse in terms of our evolution. Um, now, one of, the, uh, one of the other things that was irrational, and we covered this uh, you know, quite a bit, was the reaction to the uh, COVID crisis. And one of the most destructive things we did was close the schools. And this was a coalition of uh, progressive politicians led by Gavin Newsom and just downright evil, selfish teachers through their union. And it was a, actually a terribly racist policy to close down all the schools. I mean, here in L.A. it was 16 months because the whiter, wealthier parents had more resources to fill in their ch children's education. And the poorer students, black and Hispanic students, did not have those resources. And Newsom and the legislature knew this, and the teachers certainly knew this, but they didn't care. Well, the report card is coming out. Math and reading scores for nine-year-olds in America fell dramatically during the first two years of the pandemic. This is according to a study from the National Center for Education Statistics, U.S. Education Department. Reading scores saw their largest decrease in 30 years. Math scores had their first decrease in the history of the testing program. It affected all regions of the country, affected students of most races, but the biggest declines were black and Hispanic students. I'll give you an example. Math scores dropped by 5%, five, five percentage points for white students compared with 13 points for black students, eight points for Hispanic students. The divide between black and white students widened by eight percentage points during the pandemic. In reading, it was more uniform. Scores dropped by six percentage points for white, black, and Hispanic students. Geographically, all regions saw decreases. Declines were worse in the Northeast and Midwest. Uh, outcomes were similar for reading, except that the West as a whole, had no measurable difference. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, a sharp drop. Disastrous. You couldn't have done a worse thing to these kids than close all the schools. And I, I, I can't believe it went on for 16 months. I mean, I still can't. I couldn't believe it was happening at the time. And I, 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 I And if you remember... What were they? What were they? What were the, what were the teachers' union officials screaming at the end? Call, calling any parents that wanted to send their kids to school racist. That's what the head of the teachers' union here in LA was doing, saying these were racist parents who wanted to open the schools. But closing the schools hurt black students two and a half times as much as white students when it came to the math scores. Again, the white scores were down by five percentage points, blacks 
13 percentage points. But at the and, and I'm I mean you know it's like the way when I was talking with Michael Sellenberger trying to understand why Gavin Newsom and the rest of them are risking terrible blackouts and they're risking such a disaster in Europe when it's obvious what they need to do when it comes to what they're going to burn for energy. It's simply incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible to me how they kept the schools closed for a year and a half and just destroyed their kids' education where, you know, in other states, like the hated Florida, they kept everything open and their kids are going to do much better and they're going to do much better for the rest of their school career. Now, speaking of religious responses to things, one of the other weird responses during COVID was people clinging to masks and why they were wearing masks. And the New York Times did a poll and they discovered something fascinating about a religious-like response among progressives who wore masks the most. And uh, it's just really kind of this and, and, and the, uh, the climate energy, uh, climate change situation is really bringing out like ancient religious-like responses in people that seem to be incompatible with where I thought the modern world was going. John and Ken show, KFI. You know, we've been on, on top of a lot of this stuff. We're ahead of our time, though. We, we say things two years in advance of everyone else figuring it out. And the moment we say it, everybody goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you're saying that. That's not what people are thinking. That's not what people are feeling right now. It's like, I don't care. That's just what the truth is. And, you know, we said there was a lot of hysteria to close the schools. Oh, what do you want children to die? You want them to kill their grandmothers? It's like, it's going to ruin their education. I. So now... Like I mentioned in the last segment, they've come out with a study and reading and math scores. Uh, what is it? The largest uh, reading drop in 30 years. The first drop in math scores ever since they began uh, testing kids. And this is in a national assessment. And um, the other half of this that we pointed out early on, uh, the New York Times and this polling group called Morning Consult, uh, have discovered in polling in recent months that the deepest anxiety, and we knew this part, um, among Americans over COVID, were those who identified as very liberal. And a lot of people have wondered why. 47% of very liberal adults said they believed that COVID presented a great risk to their own personal health and well-being. This was much larger than other groups, whether conservative, moderate, or even regular liberals who didn't call themselves very liberals. And what was striking, David Leonhardt wrote this in the New York Times, was the level of concern among liberals under the age of 45, even though the virus's worst effects were concentrated among older people. Again, this is what we talked about constantly. It was old people or people with multiple major health problems, such as you know, diabetes and um, heart problems, obesity. If you're an obese diabetic, yeah, you might be going down. If you were you know, over 75 years old, yeah. But people under 45, seriously? 
he had almost no danger. But to many liberals, taking COVID seriously, more seriously than the scientific evidence justified, became an expression of identity and solidarity, according to Leonhardt. As one progressive activist tweeted last year, you'll like this, the inconvenience of having to wear a mask is more than worth it to have people not think I'm a conservative. The inconvenience of having to wear a mask is more than worth it to have people not think I'm a conservative. In other words, they were virtue signaling. They were signaling to other people in their tribe, in their religion, yes, I'm one of you. And you're just like me. And we are going to signal our displeasure with, you name it, Donald Trump. Well, starting with him. People who didn't want to close down their businesses and their schools. People who questioned the vaccine. So, uh, and, and the reason for this story is they found that the share of the very liberal who say the virus presents a great risk to their own personal health has fallen to 34%. That's down 13 points since March. But I looked at that. I go, wait a second. You mean at this late date, we are now, this is now the 1st of September of 2022, and one-third of the very liberal think that the COVID virus presents a great current risk to their personal health? Seriously? And again, what's fascinating is this is especially true among younger people who have virtually no real negative consequences to COVID exposure. Many, he writes, many of the aspects of the pandemic right now uh, have changed. Vaccines provide excellent protection. The rise of the risks of hospitalization for children and most adults under 50 were minuscule. Vaccines reduced the chances of long COVID. So why are they still clinging? Did it become like a religious symbol? You know, in many religions, Catholic religion, Jewish religion, Muslim religion, people wear various garments on their head. Or around their head. And so that's what it became for people in Santa Monica, I guess. I it that's that's just so weird. And and what's really and it really became ingrained as part of their psychological makeup. I mean to this day I see people walking around, especially like younger women with masks on who have 0.0% chance of having anything bad happen to them. And I see plenty of elderly people who are just bouncing along life and they're out wearing a face diaper. All right, we'll see when we come back now because Deborah's going to do the news and then Joe Biden is supposed to come on and do a national speech, which we normally carry, although... The, the great suspicion is, is this is going to be a very politically oriented lecture because he's going to go after uh, MAGA Republicans. This is according to NBC News. Biden to target MAGA Republicans in a primetime speech. So if this turns out to be a political speech to try to gin up turnout for the uh, 
November elections, I don't know how long we're going to stick with it. Because, uh, you know, their presidential speeches should be on uh, impending national issues. Uh, if, if it's just going to be campaigning, uh, well, we'll see. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Right now, 90% of healthcare providers still depend on manual processes. We need to change this stat, stat. At RICO, we capture, connect, and secure unstructured data to unlock the power of your information. This helps providers speed up intake, ensure accurate information, and optimize operations. To us, there's no such thing as TMI. RICO, imagine change. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.